Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I've got my boy Greg Finberg joining me here today. Greg, how's everything going? It's going on, man. Uh, Wizards offseason is going a lot better than I expected, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Excited to talk with you about Summer League, about the roster and everything. Yeah, since the last time we've talked on, on the pod here, it's been a total shift in direction, so I think we can get into some of those newer guys and what we like and how they fill out the roster and all that stuff. And we took some sort of mailbaggy questions here. So we'll get into all those as we go. Uh, just before we get going, as always, got to pay a couple bills. So uh, shout out to Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Half and Halves, Hard Peach Teas, all that good stuff. Uh, they're all delicious. It's literally a million degrees outside today. So if anybody uh, needs a nice refreshing beverage, that's a good way to go. And as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, all that good stuff. Bet Online can use it to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website today and use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, doing a giveaway on some t-shirts for uh, the show here. We've got our new kind of French-themed Bilal Koulibaly-centric t-shirts with the Eiffel Tower in place of the Washington Monument. And uh, we, as in yes, in French, uh, Zards on there. So uh, if you like that, uh, go for it. And for a certain amount of folks that are subscribing to the YouTube channel for Believe in Wizards, we'll be giving some t-shirts away to those people. So uh, even if you don't want a t-shirt, if you throw us a bone here and subscribe to the YouTube channel, we appreciate it. The more followers and stuff you have, the more discoverable the show is for Wizards fans and things like that. So always appreciate that kind of stuff. And then in the next episode or two, we'll uh, we'll give out those things. The original plan here today was to have one of the members of the Wizards Summer League team on, and uh, they were a late scratch. So Greg was nice enough to jump in here, and uh, we'll be talking about that Summer League team. So maybe we can talk about that person in particular without naming them. I don't want to blow them up too much, but um, Greg, since uh, you and I have been going back and forth a little bit online here, uh, the Wizards made some moves from their two-way contract perspective. Uh, Quinton Jackson is now out and Jared Butler is in. I guess, what's your initial reaction to that move? Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I like Butler coming out of, of, of Baylor. You know, he's Final Four most outstanding player, you know, won the title with Baylor, was a big part of that team. He was supposed to get drafted a little higher, probably top 20. He had some injuries coming out of college that caused him to drop. Uh, eventually, he got picked it's up by the Jazz. actually a heart condition. Um, he's, yeah. he, he's got uh, some... Uh, it's the same thing that anybody watched Keontae Johnson, you know, drop <laughs> drop on the court during a game uh, for Florida. Like, it's the same general heart issue. So there were some teams that said they wouldn't even have cleared him to draft him. So obviously, the Wizards, if they sign him to a contract, think he's probably good to go. But just it is something worth keeping an eye on. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you there. No, no worries. Uh, so yeah, he, he dropped in the draft. Utah picked him up. He spent a little bit of a stint there. Uh, and then went to OKC for this summer league, and he really showed out. If you, uh, I remember watching him when he played against the Wizards, and I was like, this is a guy I kind of want to sign. And there's Will Dawkins again doing something that I would have done. Again, building his resume, uh, making Wizards fans believe in him even more. 
Uh, but look, Butler averaged 20 points per game in the summer league. He shot 50 plus percent from the field, 48% from three, put up 4.3 assists. He's a really solid player. And I'm not saying he's going to come in here and start or even crack the rotation this year, but for someone as talented as he is to be on that two-way spot is a nice addition. A lot of the times with two-way spots, yeah, like, you know, the, these guys are okay, but I just don't see them panning out or even making the Wizards. But Butler is someone I can see making that switch like Quentin Jackson did before he got waived, where, you know, he works his way up the rotation through the go-go, through the Wizards, and eventually becomes like a Jordan Goodwin type player. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what, what Butler can do. I think he'll probably start with the go-go, as most two ways do, especially because the Wizards uh, pretty much have a, a set roster of 15 or so guys right now. But look, if he impresses in training camp, who knows? But yeah, I'm a big fan of this. I think it's a position of need too. So you mentioned it, he'll probably start the year uh, with the go-go, just given the glut of other guards on on the big roster. But the go-go team was going to need somebody to kind of facilitate some offense there. And and when they've been good the last couple of years, it's because they've had good point guard play relative to the competition in the G League. And I think Butler will be on the high end of that. I, I don't think relying on, you know, Johnny Davis or Ryan Rollins to like be the sole point guard on the, on the go-go was going to be... Uh, you know, recipe for success for anybody. So if worst case scenario, that's all you get from him is he makes life easier for those other young guys. Let's say Vuksevich comes over and does play some amount for the go-go. Like you've got somebody you can trust to like set those guys up. And I think he'll make them a certain amount of competitive right away. You mentioned the Baylor stuff. They were stifling backcourt, he and Davion Mitchell. And I actually kind of liked him better than Mitchell most of the time that year. I think they were obviously, you know, we talked about the hard thing, but not a huge, um, you know, combo guard. So maybe that hurt his stock a little bit, but he's got some MF -er, and we talk all the time about, you know, the need for that on this wizards team. So I, I think at the minimum, both their two way guys right now between him and Eugene Amaria are guys that are going to like get after it on defense. And I think maybe they're trying to send like a very clear message about the type of player they're adding with those two way contracts. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I will, we'll talk about, I guess the third two way spot and how we should fill that a little later on. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely nice to see Will Dawkins signing someone that all Wizards fans wanted. I saw you've been on uh, Butler for a while now about about bringing him over to the Wizards. And um, I was as, I was as well after I saw him with the Thunder. So I'm glad mm -hmm. to see that it's not just like a pipe dream anymore. You know, when we think a guy should be on the Wizards, like Will Dawkins might sign him instead of Tommy Shepard, who just will keep his guys. And that's one thing I'd, I'd also like to mention, if I could sure. touch on Quentin Jackson Please. for a second. Um, you know, when we were thinking about Tommy leaving and uh, the new guys coming in, well, Quinn Jackson was part of the old regime. He was a guy that Shepard brought in from Texas A&M after he was undrafted. He's worked his way up through the go-go, but he's not, he's not Will Dawkins guy. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Like there's not, there's not that a, 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 like connection or attachment to a lot of the guys on the roster, especially if you weren't someone that Will Dawkins brought in. And, and we saw that here. One of Will da one of Tommy Shepard's guys, gets waved and, and Will Dawkins brings over one of his guys. So, you know, I think we'll see a lot more of that. Yeah, it's a good call to bring up Jackson here too. And I think obviously he was better for the, the go-go in my opinion uh, last year than he looked at any point during summer league. He just didn't seem to kind of fit with, with the rest of, you know, the rest of those guys and, and never really looked comfortable, but you've got a guy that's essentially like a point guard size and build. Uh, he's got, you know, crazy athleticism, but at the end of the day, not really going to do much for you other than slash and finish and transition. 
the ball handling hadn't fully come around. The shot hasn't really come around. He was a bad defender in college. I know that's surprising to some people who see such an athlete, but just being that slight was tough for him. And, and he hasn't really bulked up uh, a ton yet. It, I wouldn't have minded if he stayed on a two way, but I, I don't, you know, if you know pretty quickly, he's not in your long-term future. I'm very cool with them, like moving on and just saying like, all right, let's use the spot on another guy. So, um, I wish him well. I hope he, you know, I hope he ends up somewhere that they can make the the best use of his skill set. But um, I'm cool with Dawkins and them just saying like, all right, you know, we tried it. We we saw all we needed to see and, and we're good moving on here quickly rather than like, you know, when when Tommy kept guys like Jordan Shackle and things like that on a two way much longer and never gave them an opportunity to play up or, or really seriously let them see what they would look like with Wizards minutes. It's one of those things that if you're never going to give them a real look, I don't really understand using a two-way spot on them. And I don't mean that as a knock on Shackle, but he just never really got any real like NBA minutes to see if he could hang at that level. So if you don't trust him enough to plug him in at any point in time, why keep him on a two-way at that point? Yeah, we, we saw this with J-Hop as well. I, I thought J-Hop played really well at the end of last season. He's putting up like consistent 10 and 6. He was shooting threes, and I thought he could be that third center. But again, someone that... Tommy Shepard brought in at the end of last season. Will Dawkins didn't bring him in, and he let him walk. I think he's on the Nuggets now. But mm-hmm. another guy that – another example of Will Dawkins trying to not only just change the team but change the culture as well, kind of reset everything, bring in a bunch of new guys and, and guys that he trusts and evaluates uh, instead of what Tommy Shepard trusted and thought was good talent for the team. Uh, and, and I think we saw that with Quinn. He, he, I'm not going to say he knew it. I don't – I haven't talked to him, but – he was he was pressing a lot in summer league. He was doing way too much. He was forcing drives, forcing shots, and you got to think it was in the back of his head that he really needed to show up and, and play well to earn that two way spot. And I think he ultimately played a little too hard in terms of pressing and and hunting his shot, and ultimately played himself off the team to where he gets waived and, and Butler comes on now as the the two way spot. I'm glad you mentioned Jay Huff. I, I was kind of like fifty fifty on that one. I, I liked Huff enough, but given his age. Probably not in anybody's long-term plans here. Uh, but this Wizards roster is is kind of undersized, in my opinion. There aren't like a ton of natural centers left on it. So Huff was a guy I thought, even if you had him on something like a two-way, he could have come in and probably played real minutes for you, at least until the midway point of the season when you figure out you know, what to do with the, the glut of forwards you have and things like that. So it would have been kind of a 50-50 one for me. I, I do think that the other two-way spot should strongly consider a big and I would maybe zig a little bit uh, compared to what other people would suggest. I usually love using those spots on like super, um, you know, high ceiling kind of guys, but I wouldn't mind like the super senior uh, older guy who could just come in right away and play like reasonable minutes for the wizards team and, and actually do a little bit of both. And to me, sometimes the two way spots are best used on, on guys that can play a little bit for both teams. They may not actually be long-term projects for you, but they're also going to raise the level of the go-go too. So if you do have to play Koulibaly some minutes down there or whatever, like they're playing around like real competent adults who will make their, their lives easier. And then those guys don't have to press too much. So um, any thoughts, Greg, on, on what you would do or any name specifically you'd like to see them consider with that remaining two-way spot? For me, the first person that came to mind was Devin Dotson. Uh, undrafted out of Kansas a couple years ago, uh, played for the Bulls, came over to the Wizards, and, and he's played really well the last, uh, I think he was here this year and a little bit of the, the year before that. Uh, he's a point guard, and like you mentioned, we are pretty undersized on the go-go. 
um, as well. But I just, I think he has real skills that can translate not only to the go-go, but if we need a guard that, that, that we can call up to the NBA, we called him up a couple of times last year and he, he wasn't that bad. He, he's a decent three point shooter and he runs the, the offense the way that, you know, a guy from the go-go should, he's not going to be Tyus Jones. He's not going to be getting 10 assists, but I think he's a real good player. And, and I'd like to see him at that, that third two way spot. Um, obviously you mentioned Tristan Vucevic that's pending his buyout. He was on loan from partisan to another team overseas. So I'm not sure if he's going to be coming over, but if he does, I, again, I had him as a C plus in my summer league grades. A lot of people got on me for that. Rightfully. So I, I know it was a bit low, but, uh, I, I just I saw a lot of things that he can improve on, and I'd rather him do that at the go-go level instead of the Wizards. Um, so I think you know a year with the go-go for for Vucevic could really help his game. Um, Dejan Vasilevic, uh, great shooter out of Miami, played for the summer league team. He had one really good game. He was four or five from three, put up fourteen points, uh, and then another game where he he was over six from three, so a little inconsistent. But altogether, I like what I saw from him, and then. There's two bigs, Kyle Alexander, Osun, Osuni. Uh, Osun has amazing potential. He didn't really play much in Summer League, which I was a little bummed about, but I really think he has a lot to show uh, in his game. And, and Alexander ran the floor really well, protected the paint, and, and I wouldn't mind. That's five names. I know I gave you a lot for one spot, but if we sign any of those guys to the third two-way, I wouldn't be bad. And I'm sure there's a lot of outside candidates, but that's a lot of like, speculation. We don't know if they're going to get signed anywhere, but strictly speaking of in-house candidates, these would be my five. Uh, so Alexander signed overseas. I forget which um, okay. EuroLeague team. So he's probably off the table at this point, I would imagine. I, I would assume Dotson is probably in the similar boat to Quentin Jackson. I, I would think the new front office probably watched some tape on, on guys like that already. Um, you mentioned the shooting last year was like the first year he's ever shot particularly well from three on, on much lower volume than normal. Um, in I guess 64 G league games, he's a career 30% three point shooter. Uh, you know, if you're under six feet tall and you're not a great athlete, he's fast as shit, but he's not like a Quentin Jackson athlete and the shooting is still sort of questionable. I, I think I would be happy to move on for that. Just given that you have Butler already probably somewhat redundant. So um, that's the only pushback I would have on those, I think. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like we see with like the guys like Marquise Noel, he's a pretty good three point shooter, a lot of the undersized guys. So that is the one thing that, that Dawson has had on his, um, for a while now, but I, I do like his point guard skills and I, I think he can, he can really provide something if he's at, uh, that third two way spot. Um, mentioned a Suni, uh, I agree with you there. I think, again, maybe because he's older, they didn't give him much of an opportunity. He's already 24 as a rookie, but this guy with a seven foot eight wingspan who runs the floor really well. I mean, I, I think that alone would be kind of interesting. Maybe he's still a little on the thin side to play major NBA minutes, but um, talking about just incumbents from last year, uh, Travion Williams, I don't believe assigned anywhere. He was reasonably productive. For the go-go last season, um, about seven points, about five rebounds, or no, excuse me, about eight and a half points, eight rebounds, two assists, uh, not much in terms of uh, stock stocks, you know, blocks or steals, but, um, you know, he's productive on the boards, uh, not a very good three-point shooter uh, for, for most of his time, but again, on really low volume. So he's basically just like an energy big. I, I don't know 
Um, what else do you get from a six foot eight center coming in at this point if he can actually play NBA minutes? And the other one would be McCurr Maker. Played 44 games with GoGo last year, averaged about seven points, five rebounds, one block, 32% from three on three attempts. I think a lot of that had to do probably with shot selection too. He was just kind of hoisting them up at a, at a certain point in the season. But maybe if there are other, if those are in house guys that consider, um, I don't know. I, I liked um, two guys from from last year's draft class, two bigger guys, Jake Stevens out of Chattanooga and Liam Robbins out of Vanderbilt, both seven footers that were insanely productive as basically super seniors in their college season here. Um, Robbins put up 15 points and seven rebounds for Vanderbilt in the SEC, uh, 3.2 blocks per game and was 37% from three. That would be intriguing to me. He probably didn't get drafted because of age and he also hurt his leg uh, at the end of the season. So he didn't play summer league. Maybe he's not healthy. Uh, Stevens averaged 22 points, 10 rebounds, three and a half assists, two blocks, shot 41% from three probably the best shooting center in last year's draft class. Uh, but again, played a Chattanooga and is already 23. So maybe that, that, you know, doesn't help them because neither of these guys are super athletic. They're not switchable. They're both probably drop coverage bigs. Uh, but I think that would be okay at the G league level and, and maybe for somebody just playing spot minutes on the wizards team. So two names that I don't see signed Stevens played um, summer league for the Kings kind of barely played because they were prioritizing some other bigs that they'd um, expended draft capital on so just names i would kick around uh but either way I, i'm gonna trust these guys to, to pick somebody good and, and keep it moving i was a little skeptical of the amaruya amaruya pickup but um you know we'll see how it goes yeah i to, to touch on eugene amaruya we played detroit i'm sure you remember last year we needed the mm-hmm. gafford buzzer beater that was a very that could have been a very low point in in the season for us um we played terrible absolutely terrible against the pistons and he played very well i mean he he didn't score that many points but he's the glue guy that's going to be in the right spot at the right time he's going to defend hard he's going to rebound so i i don't i don't hate the pick i wouldn't i wouldn't mind bringing him up obviously he has nba experience but you know he's not gonna take over games in the g league so if you see a lot of box scores with eugene and he's not putting up great numbers i wouldn't be too concerned that's not his game He's not a box score guy, so you just, he's a guy that you just got to watch to really understand why he got this two way spot. Um, so I like it. I, I'm a big fan of him in the in the in the two way spot. All right, uh, let's kind of just sum up summer league in general. You put out your grades, which are really interesting to go through. Um, so for anybody who hasn't seen those yet, where can they find those? Well, forever. There you go. Uh, great plug. Uh, just in general, Greg, who is there anyone on this? like some yeah, some league roster that you looked at and thought like this guy can immediately come in right away and be a rotation player for the wizards. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously I think Bilal speaks for itself right now. I'm not entirely sure. I've I had a lot of people telling me he should be starting, you know, he, he should be day one shooting guard or small forward. I love that, but I don't think he's ready. Um, like I think he can be a rotational player on this team for sure. I I think he should be getting minutes over guys like Shamit, who I don't think is in our immediate future. Although mm-hmm. Shamit's obviously better than him, but again, like you mentioned, what does that do for us if he's not going to be here for a while? Uh, you know, I I think he definitely should get some minutes there. So I, I would say Bilal. I don't think he should start, but I think he can play right away. Obviously, Johnny Davis. That was another polarizing, uh, another polarizing one for me. 
a lot of people thinking that I, I gave him too high of a grade. A lot of people thinking I didn't give him high enough of a grade. But look, he, he averaged eight points last summer league on terrible shooting splits. He doubled that, led the team in scoring. Like, what else do you want the guy to do? He he was picked 10th. He should have been picked probably in the late teens. So you can't really hold that against him that he got picked way too high. I think if he was drafted like 18th to 20th last year and he put up these numbers, you'd be saying, all right, he's pretty good. So I, I, I think he should play. And I, not only do I think he's a rotational player, I hope he's a rotational player at Again, all of these veterans that we have on our team that we might trade at the deadline doesn't doesn't move the needle for me if we play them. Playing Johnny, playing Bilal, getting them better, you know, I think they're ready and they're not going to be amazing, but you know, these minutes are much better than minutes in the go-go with the go-go for them. Um, I don't think Vucevic is ready, as I mentioned earlier. Didn't really think he had a great summer league. That's just my grade on him. One guy I will mention is Ryan Rollins. I had him at a B plus. I, I really liked what I saw from him in summer league. He's got to keep the turnovers down. He was a little reckless with the ball, but he had a two to run, two to one assist to turnover ratio. And that's with me not thinking he took care of the ball particularly well. So I, I do think he can he can carve out a little spot for him. I think I can pencil him in as that third point guard behind Tyus and Delon. Um, you know, he can score as well. It's not like he's just a, a facilitator and a passer. He was able to get to his spots. He was able to finish through contact. So I, I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, and Xavier Cooks, I, I didn't think he was going to be on the roster, but they put him there anyway. He had a good summer league, and I know a lot of guys are a little down on him because he's 28. He's old um, compared to the guys that we're trying to bring in, but he, he's a good player. I mean, he does everything well. He put up 13 points and eight rebounds in two and a half realistically summer league games. A lot of that did come in garbage time, but he still looked like he belonged in the NBA when he played and, and he's only going to keep getting better. I mean, this guy just won MVP of the Australian league, which really a lot of people aren't going to think is that impressive, but it is really impressive. So I, I, I would, I would wait a little bit on Xavier cooks. He, I understand he's old, but I think cooks, I think uh, Koulibaly Davis and uh, Ryan Rollins are, are four guys that can re- realistically play this season for the wizards. Uh, nope. No thoughts on Patrick Baldwin or just don't think he can be be a guy that can come uh, in there and, and stretch the floor a little bit. That that was one for me. I had Baldwin at a C plus. That was the same thing that I that I got uh hate for for uh for Vucevic. Tristan Vucevic. I think Baldwin it can be a good player. I, I compared him to MPJ in my in my article. He's six nine, he has a really good shooting form, great shooting stroke, knocks down threes when he's open, defends well, great size, great length. It's the consistency for me, you know, for someone to shoot so poorly at 27.3%, when you're labeled a three point shooter, you should be shooting way better than that, especially against this level of competition. You should be shooting better than that. And and I just didn't see enough. I, I'd be inclined to play him over Anthony Gill, maybe over Xavier Cooks because he's young and I think he can develop. And I don't see those guys helping us in the future when this rebuild starts getting, um, you know, to the year four, year five. But I just this year I don't think he has that roster spot yet, and he he very he very well may have it just because we're very weak in the power forward position behind Kuzma. We don't have too many guys that that are really eye catching. So maybe he cracks that if he has a good training camp. But for me right now, I would still play Cooks and Gill. I think they have, they give us better chances to win than Patrick Baldwin. Do we want to win? I guess that's the only question. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's the debate we can have at another time. Uh, yeah, I, I think a couple of things you mentioned there. I like the idea, and this is going to be hideous basketball, and people might be angry at me for saying this, but I kind of want to see a Johnny Davis, DeLon Wright, Bilal Kulbali, Denny Avdia like line up at some point, and I don't care who you put at center. It could be Cooks even, and just let them be as switchable as you want and just like try to cause mayhem defensively. Uh, I, I just want to see something like that. And I think uh, for somebody like Davis and even cool Molly playing next to De- uh, DeLon Wright is, is probably good for them to learn some of his habits and, you know, see what he sees out on the floor there. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to that, at least in some form or fashion. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, look, Johnny Davis is, is a really good defender. And I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. I saw you, uh, some guy tweeted about a bunch of, I think it was Brett Usher, like a bunch of guys from his draft class. I think it'd be good defenders. And you said Johnny Davis, like he, he had a really bad rookie season. We can all admit that, but the defense was never something I questioned. And I, I and I'm agree. still holding firm on the fact that he's a good defender. We've got to hold out hope for that at least. Cause if we're yeah. backing on the offense at this point, it, it gets a little scarier. Um, all right, we talked about a good defender there with a little questionable offense. So that's my segue into Denny Avdia. Sorry for anybody who's about to get mad at me for that, but it's how I see it. Uh, made the decision to sit out of FIBA basketball this summer. I think that's a good move. I mean, it's, it's a good move from the Wizards' perspective, and and selfishly, I care more about things from the Wizards' perspective than I do Denny's individual perspective. So uh, sorry, fans of Israeli basketball for that one, but like come into this year fully healthy, make a real run in it. You're going to have real opportunity and just see like what we can get. If, if a lot of the pushback from, from Denny fans and maybe Denny himself is that he didn't have like the opportunities or the usage to play the way he wants to play and can be the most effective. Like you don't really have that argument or that excuse with this year's roster. Like you'll have every opportunity. If you, if you are playing well, like you are going to keep playing with your, your group. There's nobody you're stuck behind there's no reason that he can't play next to Kuzma. So Kuzma being back, I don't think is any barrier or gateway to keeping Denny on the court. Like this is the year for him. And you're going into that contract year. The wizards have to decide kind of early here, like what they're doing with you. So if you're Denny and you want to make the most out of this year and and your contract situation, like, I think this is the right move for him too, personally, as much as other people may want to see him play more this summer, like get him reps up in the gym with wizards people. I know he's working with a shooting coach have that guy come to DC for a while, have an assistant coach that's, that's going to be there working with them too. And maybe some of these other wizards can, can be in the mix. And and the more they get to gel preseason, I, I think is to the wizards benefit. I I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Obviously it's a, like from a, a wizards fans perspective to be a little selfish here. Obviously I'd prefer he doesn't play um, in the FIBA world cup qualifiers. Um, but like a little background, and I got to shout out the sports rabbi. He had the the article and the information here. Basically, Denny picked up what I think is like a, a calf injury, um, and it's pretty minor. But they they were a little unsure, so they flew out uh, Carlos Bustamante, who's the assistant athletic trainer of the Wizards. You know, the Wizards just wanted to be cautious um, and, and check it out. And and when they went to Israel, I, I guess he he decided that it would be best if he didn't play. Um, I saw the Israel national team coach was really pushing for Denny to play and rightfully so. I mean, he's a big part of their, of their team, you know, being their only NBA player, but ultimately the wizards have final say uh, and and they decided that he shouldn't play. This is uh, the second summer, I believe in a row where we had a little bit of like an injury scare type thing with Denny. Uh, And 
it sucks because if this guy has a full off season and he and he just gets his shot right, you never like the he can be one of the best players on his team, but for him to keep going through injuries like this, especially after fracturing his ankle in year one, uh, it's definitely tough to see. But look, in terms of Denny, he needs to be a little selfish here as well and take himself out. Understand that he's about to have the opportunity to make life-changing money if he has a great year being in a contract year. So, you know, get healthy, get working on your jump shot, get in the film room, try to be as best as you can. I would assume he starts this year. That's just me. But he's going to have ample playing time and ample minutes and ample opportunities to show out and show the, the, the new front office why they need to give him an extension. I don't know what that extension is going to look like, but yeah. you know, it, it, in a contract year, I don't think it's smart to play World Cup qualifying. I think he has to focus on himself, be a little selfish. If you're even just like a little bit nicked up, it's just not worth the risk. I mean, like we talked about last year, the injury being maybe worse than originally reported and things like that. And and who knows, like what kind of impact that him had on him the whole, uh, you know, the whole season. So I, I'm with you there. You mentioned the starting lineup. That's one of the questions we got. And we can like kind of rapid fire through these mailbaggy questions here to, to close the show out. But uh, Sean on Twitter asked just sort of possible starting lineups and, and who you think should be the starter at the three. So um, sounded like Denny at the three, most likely. What would you go with, yeah. with the other, other spots here? For me, as of right now, Point guard, Tyus Jones, shooting guard, Jordan Poole, small forward, Denny Avdia, power forward, Kyle Kuzma, center, Daniel Gafford. I think that's probably about 50% of the fan base is going with that. And now I'll say this. I want position battles at the point guard position. I think DeLon Wright and Tyus Jones are pretty similar. Different play styles. DeLon's more defensive oriented. Tyus is a little more offensive oriented. But I think I would be fine with either, honestly. Uh, in terms of you know running the offense standpoint, I'd prefer Tyus, so that's that's why he has the edge for me. Uh, and then at the shooting guard, it's pretty simple. Jordan Poole, he's going to be great. He's going to get shots and he's going to score. Uh, and I'm very excited for him there. I don't think that's much of a competition. Same with Kuz at the four um, and Gafford at the five, being that we don't have much front court depth. The real debate for me, and I, I tweeted out a poll earlier, I think it was 70% Danny, 30% Corey to start at the small forward. Like I said earlier, I would go with Denny Avdi at the three. I, I just think we have a lo- we have enough offense in this lineup, especially if you're starting Tyus. We need defenders. Gafford is a great rim protector. Denny is would be that defender. He'd guard the other team's best player. And, and I think he would round out that starting five. I'm not saying I'd be opposed to Corey starting, but I think if Corey starts, the, the defense would definitely slip up and, and Denny should be that smart starting small forward. Yeah, I think just having Poole and Kuzma on the court together, you probably want a guy that can kind of help play make for them a little bit. And and maybe that's the opportunity there for, for Denny. There's some spacing around him. Uh, I, I think Tyus probably shoots it better this season than, than some of the other point guard options they have. So basically the other three guys will all shoot it well enough that, that you have some space for Denny to operate. And just given his contract situation, I think it makes sense to just throw him out there with these other guys and, and see if he makes sense around them and you want to invest longer term, you know, can kind of wait it out with the Corey decision a little bit. And if Denny's not here post all-star break, then you start Corey the second half of the year. So I'm totally with you there. That also answers another question from wizards muse. who wanted to know, should Tyus Jones start? So it sounds like we both think that he at least will. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would want to start him longer term or what that looks like, but I at least gave it a shot out of the gate. I will say eight to 10 games is all I'm giving these guys with kind of the starting rotation. If, if somebody's clearly not working out with that group, I, I wouldn't sit on this for too long and 
um, you know, that eight to 10 games is enough sample size, I think, to really tell if those guys are, are working together or you need to make a change. Uh, the other thing he asked is if um, Tyus Jones should be a part of the Wizards' long-term plans. I would say no, personally. Just 27, a little undersized, never going to be like a great defender. I think he puts in some effort, but it's still some of the same issues we had with Monte Morris, and and they're good players, but you probably, even if Jordan Poole gets back to the player we saw in the playoffs for the Warriors, he's still got some holes, and I think uh, Tyus is probably not the guy best suited to complement um you know, what, what pool does well and doesn't do well. So thoughts on Tyus Jones. Yeah, I, I definitely want him here um, for this season. I I think he, he's a, he's a really good point guard. We saw him start and fill in for, for John Morant when, um when he went down and then with the suspension as well, and he played very well, led them to, uh, or kept them at least in, in contention for a top seed in the, in the West. So I, I really want to see what he has to offer. A lot of times, like we saw with Monte, a little, you're a little overshadowed when you're behind the point guards like Jamal Murray, behind John Morant, and and when you go to a new team, it'll be it, it's a little bit of a transition. Monte started pretty slow last year, kind of found his groove towards the middle to end of the season, and you know hopefully that's not the case with Tyus. Obviously, it's it's different when you're coming off the bench for four or five years of your career, and now you're starting. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of an adjustment. So I I hope that he can hit the ground running and. And that we don't have to have conversations about switching to Delon Wright like we did, um, like we did last year. So that's just my um, that's what I would hope. Uh, Sean also asked, uh, how bad do the Wizards have to be next year for David Vanterpool to end up the head coach at the end of the season? <laughs> uh, I don't think it happens next season at all, unless it's like a total dumpster fire out of the gate. And you know, let's say that 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 those guys just aren't gelling. There's no development. They all are. There's infighting. You know, like unless it's a total mess, I, I don't think there's any world where Wes Unseld doesn't get the full year. But I do think adding Vanterpool and Brian Keith puts some pressure on Wes that hey, you know, your replacement could be on the bench with you right now. So like, you better bring your A game. I I think he's a great coach. I I tweeted out when he got hired. Dame was was really really annoyed that he did. Uh, the Blazers didn't retain him or that. He didn't get a head coaching job. Um, I think it was two, three years ago when he was making the rounds, and he's been he's been getting interviews for head coaching job the last couple of years. So it's it's a great it's a great great assistant, um, you know, top of the line, some guy that could be a head coach in this league, and you're fortunate enough to have him as your number two or number three on the bench. So I I, I wouldn't say Wes has to look over his shoulder. You know, the the GMs might be out, but Ted is still here. He's a guy that likes to to let guys coach out or play out their contracts before doing much. So I think he's, he's here for the full year, especially considering we're in a rebuild. The pressure has been lifted off his back. Uh, but if he does get fired, that is the guy. And we, we don't have to talk about it every second. Like, Oh, he made a mistake. Let's fire him and bring in Vanderpool. But I think he's a very capable coach. And, and if that did happen to be the case, I wouldn't mind it. I think he's going to be great. Wherever he lands, he'll, he'll be a head coach soon. Yeah, totally agree. Um, one big surprise from this roster. Is there one player that you think could have a bigger year than people uh, projected? Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert's a guy that's not going to go get his own shot. He needs someone to set the table. And, and it was nice to have Monte last year because uh, he was setting the table, you know, giving him a bunch of good looks. But he didn't play too much with Monte. He was a lot of times with the second unit. And then when DeLon went down, it was Goodwin or it was another point guard filling in. 
And and you saw like when when he has some guys that run the offense well, space the floor, get on the ball in good spots, he's gonna make his shots. He shot 40 plus percent from three last year. So I think in a in a system with a lot of scoring and a, a lot of people that can get him the ball in the in the right spots, I think he's gonna have a really good year. That's probably the safest bet out of the group, I think. Um, honestly, Jordan Poole could potentially even still be the biggest surprise if he gets like unleashed Jordan Poole and the guy he looked like when Steph Curry didn't play. I'm going to like totally take an off-the-wall one here and say Danilo Gallinari. Uh, maybe he comes back healthy and looks good enough in this sort of setting that he rehabs some value and they can actually turn him into uh, you know some pieces at the trade deadline or something like that. If, if he's fully healthy at the beginning of the year, which I think is an if, I wouldn't totally rule out the idea of him starting at the four and Kuzma starting at the three again, just to give them some a little um, length and, and maybe Gallinari gives you a little bit more shooting next to somebody like Gafford. So I, I don't know that that would happen or if that's realistic or not, but I wouldn't mind seeing at least that group out there together at some point. Um, all right, so Beamy Ball asks... Why do people think this team will only win 10 to 15 games? I think anyone who thinks that is stupid and has a bad <laughs> bad grasp of basketball, personally. Um, Vegas knows. I, I think the, the line is at 24 or 24 and a half. So that's probably the safe bet because it's something you can predict the future. Um, but but 10 games is insane. 15 games is, is pretty crazy. There's so much parity in the NBA right now. They're going to be young. They're going to be hungry. And some of these teams, especially at the end of the year, are not going to want to win games, and the Wizards might not care if they do. So at the very least, mm-hmm. this is a 20-ish, 20 to 25-ish win team, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why so many people are so down on, on the Wizards. Like, I understand we're not trying to win the title. Like, we don't have a championship roster. But, like, at the end of the day, we're not going to be that bad. We're not going to be like the process Sixers where – we're bottoming out. Like we have legit players on our team. Jordan Poole was one of the key contributors two years ago on a championship. He's only 24. He's still getting better. Kyle Kuzma, yet again, three, four years ago, also key contributor on a championship team. Tyus Jones, also on a great team the last couple of years. Like we're not that bad. I understand. Like I, I still think teams like the Rockets, the Pistons, uh, maybe not the Rockets now, but like Charlotte, Detroit, they're definitely going to be worse than us. I don't, I don't think we're going to be that bad. I don't, I don't think we're going to be winning 40 plus games and making the playoffs, but look, if we win 35 games this year, same thing we did the last two years, but this year is going to feel a little different because we're not winning 35 games in the hopes of winning 52, We're winning 35 games in the hopes of winning 35 games because we're trying to build our roster the right way. So uh, I think it's ridiculous to, for people to think we're going to be that bad. Not going to win the title, but we're also not going to be the worst team in the league. I'm hammering a 24 and a half win over. Uh, I know I'm I'm the negative yep. Wizards fan here, but I, I'm hammering that. Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What will the attendance be like at Capital One Arena this year? Like what's your permit me uh, I think probably similar to last year. Honestly, I think it'll probably be good early in the year. People will be excited to see the young guys. And eventually it'll trail off when people realize like, oh, actually they're bad. Um, but that's sort of my gut. And that's really how it plays out every year. So I, I don't think they'll they'll be like fifth from the bottom in attendance is my guess. Yeah, I mean, it, when when they're good, there's something like, they, they, sometimes they don't sell out playoff games. Like a lot of times 
you know, as a Washington fan, especially being Commanders fan as well, I've seen a lot of I've been to a lot of home games that felt like neutral side or road games. And that that's one of the the down parts of, of being a Washington fan at this moment. Like being a Penn State student, all the football games all sold out. It's the first time sure. I've ever been to a sporting event where like it's a genuine home game from a team I'm rooting for. Because, you know, I, I, I went to the Hawks game last year um, at Capital One and, and like the mm. Hawks don't have great fans, but it was probably 20 to 25 percent Hawks fans. Especially when you watch games like the against the Lakers and the Warriors, it's like pretty much home games for those teams. And, and I understand they have a, fr- a bunch of front runners and a bunch of you know bandwagon fans that travel. You know, DC is a very diverse place; a lot of different uh, people moving in. So you know, it's not always easy to keep your fan base in that area per se. But like, it it, it is it would be nice to where you know maybe if this team does start getting good, we start getting and seeing some attendance. Um, I think, like like you mentioned, I, I agree. You know, earlier in the year, it's going to be great. When I went, went to the home opener three years ago against Indiana, unreal crowd. But as the team starts to trail off, I think you'll see the attendance numbers uh, fall as well. Uh, you're breaking up a little bit on us there, Greg. So we'll, we'll just kind of keep these moving and, and, and close this out here uh, with the last couple. Um, Club Bubba asked about what to do with Gallinari. I touched on that one a little bit. Uh, he asked about is uh, pool a long-term piece for them um, and also wanted to know uh, about lineups with Kyle Kuzma at the five. So uh, any initial thoughts on either of those things? Um, I mean, I hope Gallo stays. I heard we might buy him out, but I, I wouldn't mind him as a small ball five. I think he played a little bit in OKC and he, and he excelled there. So I, I like him. He can really stretch the floor. In terms of Kuzma, I, I don't like him playing that big. You know, I, I, I me personally, I wouldn't even uh, mind him playing small forward as opposed to power forward. I, I think he can defend pretty versatile. Like he, he can guard one through four. I'm just, I'm not a big fan of him guarding the five. He has the size to do it, but I think he'd get bullied down low. And I, I just, I'm not here for it. Yeah. Maybe against like the Warriors super small ball lineup or, or you know, like somebody else's um, backup bigs uh, that that's okay. But I wouldn't want him guarding anybody's like legitimate five. So I'm with you. Um, Jordan Poole to me is either a long-term piece or he isn't. It doesn't really matter. You have the next couple of years to figure that out and we'll see how he looks. I think it's kind of too early to answer if, you know, he's a building block for them or not. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Last question we have from Darius Singh Perhala here. Um, two to three reasonable milestones for a successful season. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one. If you don't care, Greg, I think oh, go me, for it. it's really it's a simple. question. Did any of the young guys get better? Um, that's number one. Two, did we let the young guys play? And three, the young or the older guys that aren't um, in their long-term plans, did we flip them for assets? If they do those three things, I'm calling this a successful season. I, mean, I, I totally agree. Like, if, if I had to name my own, Johnny Davis, that would be one of them. Johnny Davis's development. If I see Johnny mm-hmm. Davis as a legit rotational player, and, I'm, and I don't need him to average 15 a game, I just need six to eight, maybe 10 points per game, really solid defender. When you play him, he contributes to the team. He does his job well. That's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, number two, Wes Onsell Jr. I, I, I think he's on the clock. I think I want to see a lot better from him in terms of rotations, in terms of adjusting, in terms of game planning, just everything out of him. I've been very disappointed with what I've seen the first two years. 
hopefully, you know, the decreased pressure on him helps him a little bit more, not feeling like he has to play certain guys because of their contracts or because of outside pressures to play them, especially from guys like the GM. Um, but that's the second thing. And third, uh, Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, those are two guys that I've heard a lot of rumors. You can flip them later. I want them to to play well, and I want to see if they can really contribute and really be those go-to guys on our team. You know, I don't I don't know if they're necessarily number one options yet, but I think they can be in the future. So I'm I'm excited to see all three of those things. Uh, Greg, uh, always the most important question of the show: Where can people find your work? You can find me at Bullets Forever. Um, I also have my own blog called Wizards Wave. I'll post there occasionally. Um, you know, some more personal Wizards uh, content. And you can follow me on Twitter at Greg Finberg, G-R-E-G-F-I-N-B-E-R-G. Uh, and that's the that's the best place to follow me. If you're not following Greg, uh, you've been like the key aggregator of all Wizards-related news all summer. So that's been my first uh, stop for, for anything Wizards-related. So I hope everybody, uh, if you're not following Greg, uh, get your shit together and go do that right away here. Um, Greg, thanks, man. Appreciate you jumping on. Uh, again, I mentioned on, at the beginning, this was last minute. So, um, you kudos to you for, for making this work. I owe you one. No problem, man. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll just have some more good stuff to talk about here over the summer. I think, uh, hopefully that's it for today. If you have more mailbaggy type questions, uh, while it's kind of this dead period, let us know. We'll hit those in future episodes. Jahadi and I will probably get something, you know, either later this week, early this weekend or beginning of next week, um, and, and go from there. As always, this is Believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit that little subscribe button on the YouTube page for us. Even if you don't know what YouTube is and you're only an audio podcast person, we still appreciate it. And we are presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.